0: Welcome to the AP Bio podcast. We're here to help you think more, stress less, and understand the living world around you. So sit back and enjoy. Every time I think of you, I feel shot right through with a blue. It's no problem in my but it's a problem. Today's topic: bacteria. One way that we can classify living organisms on Earth is by their cell type. There are two basic types of cells. There's prokaryotic and eukaryotic. Prokaryotic cells are things like bacteria. They don't have a nucleus or membrane-bound organelles, whereas eukaryotic cells are the cells that do have a nucleus and membrane-bound organelles, things like animals and plants and fungi. We're going to focus in on the prokaryotes in this particular podcast. There are two different domains within the prokaryotes, There's the domain bacteria, which are what you would normally consider when you think of prokaryotes. Things like salmonella, or um, the bacteria in the soil that fix nitrogen, or what causes strep throat, or even the things like um, bacillus bacteria that turn your milk into yogurt. The other domain of prokaryotes are the domain archaea. These comprise things like methanogens that live inside the gut of cows, and extreme halophiles and extreme thermophiles that live in uh, really harsh environments like hydrothermal vents and um, even saltwater ponds. Bacteria can be classified in a number of different ways. One of them is their morphology or what they look like. They come in a variety of uh, shapes and configurations. There are round cocci bacteria. There are rod-shaped bacilli bacteria, which are kinda like little hot dog shapes. And then there's spiral-shaped bacteria called spirilla. Now, including the different shapes, they can come in different configurations. For example, uh, strepto are long chains. So a streptococcus bacteria is a long chain of round spherical bacteria. Uh, That's what causes strep throat. You can also have um, staph as well. And staphylo um, configuration are kind of like clusters of grape. So Staphylococcus bacteria are bunched up. grape configurations. Um, Those cause things like um, staph infections, for example. Um, They're normally found on your skin and are usually harmless, but some of them in recent years have uh, become antibiotic resistant. As well as their shape, we can also classify different bacteria in terms of uh, what kind of cell wall they have. Now, bacteria have a peptidoglycan cell wall. Um, It's composed of proteins and carbohydrates and there are two different configurations that we find in bacteria. Uh, One of them is a gram positive bacteria. So some bacteria actually stain um, dark purple um, when we uh, subject them to certain staining techniques. The reason they stain this dark purple color is that they have a thick peptidoglycan layer on the outside of them, forming a very thick cell wall. So in the staining process, that cell wall is exposed to the environment and gets picks up the dark blue or violet stain. Um, a lot of the things that like tooth decay and strep throat um, would be an example of bacteria that are gram-positive. Gram-negative bacteria, on the other hand, are ones that uh, don't have a thick peptidoglycan layer on the outside. They actually have an extra membrane that covers a thinner cell wall. Because there's this extra membrane on the outside, they don't pick up the dark blue stain when we subject it to a certain staining technique. Rather, they they uh, do pick up a pink stain and get stained a different color when looking at them under the microscope. These gram-negative bacteria would be examples uh, Things like typhus, for example, that causes typhoid fever. Or the bacteria that causes gonorrhea would also be a gram-negative bacteria. Now, in terms of uh, medical techniques, the gram-positive and gram-negative can be very useful in determining what kind of bacteria is causing an infection and, in turn, what kind of antibiotics we would use to treat that particular disease. Bacteria, and indeed all living organisms can be classified according to how they get their energy and nutrition. One kind is a chemoautotroph. These have an energy source of inorganic chemicals, like hydrogen sulfide and iron compounds. They get their carbon from CO2. The only kind of organisms on Earth that can do this are, indeed, bacteria. It's believed that some of the earliest living organisms probably were, in fact, chemoautotrophs. As a matter of fact, today, we can find these on the bottom of the ocean and, um, where hydrothermal vents are. Um, they're taking inorganic compounds and using them as an energy source, um, and they form the basis of the food chain in some of these environments. Another kind of autotroph is called a photoautotroph. These use light as their energy source, and get carbon dioxide from the environment by just taking it in. Um, there are many bacteria that do this, including cyanobacteria, um, but it's also done by plants and of course certain proteins as well that are photosynthetic. The other major modes of nutrition um, are photoheterotrophs in which get light. Um, as their energy source, but they actually take in organic compounds as a carbon source. They don't just take them directly from uh, the air or the water. There are only certain prokaryotes that are capable of doing this. The most common that you're familiar with would rather be uh, chemoheterotrophs. These are organisms that actually, actually have to eat and take in organic compounds as an energy source. And they also have to eat and take in organic compounds as their source of carbon. Most prokaryotes that you are familiar with are in this particular category. They live in your skin. They live inside of your intestinal tract and the soil. But it also includes uh, lots of protists um, inc- and, in addition, fungi and animals as well. So you are a chemoheterotroph. We can also categorize bacteria in terms of the effect of oxygen on its growth. There are obligate aerobes, which um, use CO2 for cellular respiration, and they cannot grow without it. There are also faculative anaerobes. These use O2 if it's present, but they can also grow by fermentation in an anaerobic or without oxygen environment. And then there are obligate anaerobes. They're actually poisoned by O2 and have to live in an environment where there is not oxygen. So as you can see, bacteria live in a wide variety of environments. And without bacteria, the living world around us would not be the same. There's all sorts of things that depend on bacteria, including the nitrogen cycle. Did you know that bacteria actually fix nitrogen that's in the air and turn it into compounds that are useful and are necessary in order for plants to grow? Without bacteria, that wouldn't happen, and we wouldn't even be able to survive. So take a look in the book and check out some of the wide variety of bacteria that are out there and the role that they play in your life.